Welcome to the Materialist Podcast, mini episode one. This is Nigel, Public Archaeology Coordinator with FPAN Central, doing a solo cast series here. So what I've decided to do for this mini episode series is start examining some of the material culture that I surround myself with. And this was my attempt at trying to stave off the insanity of our shelter at home restrictions. So I decided to start looking at what's in my shelter. Um, As I've mentioned on previous episodes, my wife and I are both ceramic artists. And uh, in turn, we are collectors of ceramic objects, particularly modern art ceramic objects. And so what I decided is that I'm going to start looking at specific pieces from our collection a little bit more closely, taking this opportunity to speak to the artists that made the work. My plan is to keep everything pretty short, 15 to 20 minutes, uh, mini episodes, try to release every Friday, and trying to stick to the central theme of the Materialist podcast as a whole, and examining the concept of do objects have agency. And so like every episode that we have done, the Materialist Podcast has done, we will be looking at that question and trying to figure out the roots of this idea of how do these objects impact our lives. And so my first guest for this mini series is Forrest Sinkoff Guard. And here is my conversation with Forrest. Enjoy. Welcome to the Materialist Podcast, little mini episode. We are doing a mini episode and I wanted to feature you because of these really unique things that I have in my possession as a ceramic artist, collector, collector of ceramic objects. I have one of your pieces. Why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you for having me on. I'm a huge fan of what you and Becky have been doing on the podcast. So I'm excited uh, to be on today. So thank you. So uh, my name is Forrest Sengoff-Gard. I'm an artist. I'm an educator. Uh, Right now, I'm kind of in between things. Most recently, this past semester, I taught um, ceramics for the University of Georgia through their study abroad program in Cortona, Italy. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, it's incredible. It's amazing. Um, it's heartbreaking what is going on currently in Italy. And so right now I'm in Athens, Ohio. I'm at my parents' house and, and I'm really lucky in that my dad let me set up a little studio in the garage here. So I have a place to continue to make work. Anyways, the socks. So <laughs> yeah. So, so way off track. That was, that was quite the introduction. Yeah. No, that was great. Um, that was great. So um, let me describe them. So um, listeners, what I'm holding basically is a, um, a ceramic cast of, I'm assuming these are your socks. They are. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a pair of socks. So it's like right. two socks folded together. Like you right. just folded your socks and you're putting them away. Yeah. And I'll put, I'll put an image up on our Instagram. They're awesome. Tell me about them. Yeah. So the socks are something that I've been making. They're, they're in my MFA show, which was in 2014. I started to make the socks in 2013 and just technically figure out some things about them. The MFA show is called built to play, which built to play is something. It's a, it's a phrase that I, I use it a lot. It refers to a body of work that I've been making since about that time. It references the objects that I make. I make ceramic objects and I also make installations. So it just references that that the objects and installations they're interactive and and I built them so you can play with them. But the phrase built to play also references us as as human beings and the fact that we are biologically built to play. 
so, so, so like one of the main ideas behind my work and one of the things that I research and think about is play psychology and this carryover from child's play to adult play. So this whole body of work the socks are a part of is I'm going through uh, my everyday life and I'm looking at objects and activities that are part of my life that are not fun. Um, <laughs> that, are, that are mundane that you don't yeah. think about like hanging your hat up or like folding your socks or doing your laundry or, uh, or, um, you know, toasting a, a waffle in the toaster or something like that. That's, that's just a part of your day that you don't think about, but it could be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turned the socks, I made a mold of them and made about a hundred of these ceramic socks and they were, uh, in, in a laundry basket and they were part of my MFA show. One of three pieces, um, briefly just mentioned hats earlier, but I had one game that was a ceramic hat tossing game. The hat game cost money. It was about $20 to play, but I wanted people to be able to play a game for free and maybe even play that game for free. So the socks, I asked people to juggle them. Uh, so I guess to step back, this is like, uh, so, so juggling, I guess has to do with the story too. So we have the socks which I kind of explained about where the socks came from, these domestic objects and turning these things into games that aren't games. In high school, I had to learn how to juggle in gym class. And, <laughs> and it was like, you know, I, I was, um, you just had to do, I think we had to do 15 consecutive juggles to get like a passing grade for that part of the class. And if you got like 12, you know, it went down from there. And then, so I, we had, I learned how to juggle in class and, and I always kind of, liked having that skill. Like I was never ready to join the circus or anything, but <laughs> I enjoyed doing it. It was fun at a party. Kids yeah. liked it, you know, and it became this way, like everyone hates doing laundry and folding their clothes. So at the end of folding my clothes and putting my laundry away, I could do this fun thing and I could just like juggle my socks. And so, so it was like something I could look forward to. So, so I recreated that out of um, ceramics. That was a game uh, with it, with porcelain socks instead of fabric socks. And if you could do that successfully, cause juggling is a really hard skill to do, then you could play the hat tossing game for free, which, which is a $20 game. And, and actually very, a few people did juggle, um, at the show, but one of the only people that successfully juggled was Cheyenne <laughs> and I have pictures of her doing it. Yeah. Uh, so right. I can send some of those to, to you. And they did, Cause they were unfired. Uh, they did. I think they did crack, but, um, but it was good. She did a couple of juggles and, and it was definitely worth uh, a toss. That's so. awesome. That's awesome. So one of the things that mm-hmm. I wanted to mention is that it, this kind of, I think people were juggling outside. Yeah. Uh, but inside the hat tossing game was kind of wild because uh, the sound of the hats breaking kind of reverberated throughout the gallery space and because it was concrete floors, concrete walls. And so talk a little bit about, about that aspect of it, like the, the, the aspect of the, the breaking of something that a ceramic object that's kind of seen as something that's precious. It's, it's challenging, you know, and I've, I've been doing that for a number of years. Um, I guess the challenging part is, is to, is to get people to do that yeah. is, you know, I'm asking them, they, they look at it, even though it's um, Trump Loy, you know, I'm not trying to trick that completely, but it does look like another material, but they know it's ceramic and I'm asking them to toss a handmade ceramic object and potentially break it. <laughs> um, and, and so some people, 
it, yeah, they don't, they don't want to do that. And, 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 and the sound is part of it. And in part, sometimes when I give uh, an artist talk, I'll talk about these different types of, of play and one of them spectator play. And I talk about like going to a sporting event or, or even like sitting in the movie theater, you know, and some of those people clap at the end, like all of it, like um, going to a concert, anything like that's spectator play and, and the other people in the gallery, whether they're playing the games or not, they're spectators. Um, but all those things like the sound, of a ceramic object breaking and the cheering and the things like it, it all adds to the event. And so, so, but, but in the beginning of the event, there, it's quiet and there's none of that. And even though like I might have written instructions that say like, you can pay to do this and you can toss this thing and, and I'm giving you permission. People still don't feel like they have permission. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and so, so one way that, that I solve that is I, as I need someone to do it first. So sometimes like I'll, I'll ask that person and, and at my MFA show, you were that person. Oh, that's really right. Cool. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was the yeah. first person to do so it. Was like, or it was like, we had agreed, um, I believe if no one had played by a certain time, then you were going to play. Awesome. And, and that worked. And, and you were, so I think you were the first person to play. And I almost made it. And you almost made it. And then the hat, that sound of it breaking, like you mentioned, it's a concrete floor. It's a small room. Uh, um, it's, and these are porcelain hats, you know, they're, they're, and they're pretty big objects that can fit on your head. So it's not like dropping a small cup, like you're, you're dropping a, um, a really big object, a, a life-size hat. And just that sound of it shattering it turns everyone's head turns, you know, like yeah. everyone in the gallery is now looking over there. It's crazy. It's like a car accident. It catches people off guard and the sound is so distinct and so uh, reverberating. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. And, and I, and I love that. And actually um, where it's taking place and in, in the museum or in a gallery, like my work site specific in that I, I, it has to take place there. Like I can do these projects out in the street, but I choose the gallery and yeah. a space where people don't expect that. I, it works to my advantage in that people go in not expecting that. And then it becomes this like loud event and this thing hands on, which, which you don't usually do in galleries. Um, and I allow people to some, to break objects. Yeah. It's so super exciting. Yeah. It's like super exciting and people are jumping up and down and cheering. Um, and, and like I mentioned earlier, like that's all part of the spectator play. So like when I talk about my work and it being interactive, I think about like people as a material. So like all of those things in combination with my objects is the artwork, like not awesome. just the objects themselves. So I had all these socks left over um, <laughs> after the game and I was kind of like, done showing that work. I was just ready to make new work and show it. I'd showed that piece a couple of times beyond my MFA show. So recently after that piece, uh, I, had, I didn't want to show it anymore. I had a lot of socks left over. So I've given them a second life. So now when I go and do artist talks, I bring a sock <laughs> with me and I'll have, I'll call on four or five random volunteers and they come up and they play a hot potato in front of everyone. And that's how I start my artist talks now. And so someone there's tossing uh, involved and, and someone wins a piece. And then I kind of jump into talking about play and the talk and put it on their perspective. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So what are you working on now, man? Yeah, good question. So now I'm actually working on a, on, on a series of functional work. Um, I'm finding clothing from the thrift store fabric and I'm turning it into cups and, and bowls and making this whole body of functional work 
and it's directly inspired from those socks. That's awesome. You know, so it's like, I've been wanting to make this work for a while. I just haven't had the time or the bandwidth to do it. And Mm. now I, now I do. Um, (laughs) You got nothing but time, bud. (laughs) So yeah. So the work I'm making now, like technically the skill matches my sculptural work, but it's just an object well, that I can sell for one, you know, someone yeah. can buy that they can use, they can drink out of, um, it's functional, but, but typically like the socks, um, and a lot of my sculptural objects, the only way to get those objects is to win them. So, mm-hmm. so now I'm offering just a more traditional approach, um, to, to add to, to, to people's material lives. So where can listeners find out more information about Forrest Sinkoff guard? Yes. So you can go to my website, which is forestguard.com. That's forest with two R's and guard without a U. So D A R D forestguard.com. Or I'm on Instagram at um, Forest Sinkoff Guard is my handle. Thank you, Forrest, for cool. being on the Materialist Podcast. It's an honor. I'm, I'm super excited and looking forward to hearing your newest episodes. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. So thanks, Forrest, for being on the Materialist Podcast mini episode uno. If you would like more information on Forrest, you can email him at forestguard at gmail.com. That's F-O-R-R-E-S-T-G-A-R-D at gmail.com. You can just Google Forrest Guard and you'll find tons of information about him. Thanks again, Forrest. If you'd like more information on the Materialist Podcast, just shoot me an email at materialistpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, We're available on most of the podcast platforms. So check us out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Catch you on the flippity flip.